the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the fourth chapter. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were there with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The gospel of the Lord. So last night, for the second week in a row, I was by myself. It's not normal or common for me to be spending the night by myself in my house. I mean, I'm married to a school teacher, and it's not like they travel for work, you know? They travel to and from school. And so usually if somebody was going to be gone out of town overnight, it's me. You know, I'll go to conferences from time to time, continuing at events, or, or when I was working with youth a lot more, I would go to, you know, mission trips or, or go to Lutheridge for a week and do stuff like that. Usually it wasn't my wife. Usually she didn't have my children with me, with her. But see, right now, it's lacrosse season. It's travel lacrosse season. And so this is the final lacrosse tournament of that season. Which, by the way, right now, there are 23 people of our worshiping community at that tournament right now. They try to get me to stay and do communion there. Um, but I, I about could have. But I think they just wanted the wine. But anyway, um, so, so they're all there. And, and it's strange being home alone. But, you know, it's not that big of a deal for me. But now, when I'm gone, they tell me that they really wish I was there because it's not the same without me. And I, I'd like to think that they miss me. Maybe, maybe that's some of it. And I think they miss the chores that I typically do, you know. But the truth is, they say that they feel safer when I'm at home. And i got to be honest with you. That is crazy, because what am I going to do? You know, I mean, if an intruder comes in the house, it's not like I got a gun. I don't. And it's not like I am martial arts trained. MMA fighter is not on my resume. I figure the only thing that I could do is slow an intruder down while they run away. That's about it. But I guess that's how it is. You know, I'm the biggest in the house, so clearly... I'm the one that makes everyone feel safe. And I get it. I mean, the truth is, when I was younger, that's how I always felt when my father was around. You know? I mean, I'm bigger than he is and a lot more athletic. But still, when I was little, when dad was there, it was safe. You know? He would take care of everything. He would make sure that we were protected. He didn't have a gun either, but somehow he was going to protect us. And I think a lot of us feel that way about our parents. Not everybody, but a lot of us do. And, and even when we move out of the house, when things go wrong, a lot of times the first person we're going to call are mom or dad. Right? I mean, that's just, that's just how things are. 
It's not always that way, though. I mean, as we get older, sometimes we'll find other people that, that we can rely on. That when everything hits the fan, somebody that'll, that'll just be in control. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe it's your boss. Some people don't like their boss, but, but some people, when the boss comes in, you know that everything's handled. Some folks have like a mentor or somebody like that that just always seems to have it together. Some people rely on their politicians to, to be the one that, that when that person's in power, there's nothing to be afraid of because they know what they're doing. You know, one of those people in my life was my old fire chief when I was in the fire department. His name was Donnie Shepard. Donnie was just an incredible guy. And, and, you know, when he was on a fire scene, it was like the fire itself would listen to anything he said. Now, even though fire can be totally unpredictable and uncontrollable, he was always in control. I would have walked through the fires of hell with that man because I was just, I felt safe being in his presence. I bet that's kind of how or how you would expect the disciples to feel. I mean, this early in Mark, we're only in the fourth chapter, they've already seen Jesus do some pretty incredible things. He has healed a lot of people. He's cast out demons. Uh, you know, he's taught some amazing things. And I'm sure that they knew that he was special. I'm sure that they were asking themselves, could this be the one, could this be the Messiah that we've always talked about? But surely, this is a man of God. And they were his disciples. They were following him. You know they felt safe in his presence. Sort of. Because after Jesus had finished teaching the crowds, he said, let's go to the other side. So they all just packed up and went, got in the boat and began to cross the Sea of Galilee. And while they were there, a huge storm comes in out of nowhere. Now, along the way with this story, a lot of people have asked, why in the world would the disciples be surprised at this? Because what did most of them do for a living? They were fishermen. And, and where do you usually fish? On the sea, in water, right? And so, in order to be a good fisherman, one would think that you'd probably need to know a little bit about meteorology, Right? I mean, now, to be fair, they couldn't have watched the Weather Channel before they left. They probably didn't have that app on their phones. But you would think that they would know a little bit about the weather and how to read whether or not a storm was rolling in. That's what some people think. But we, we live in South Carolina, and we know better, don't we? Because the summer in South Carolina could have 0% chance of rain, and there would be a massive storm in the middle of the afternoon. I mean, just yesterday, like I was telling the kids, I mean, we were at this lacrosse tournament, and we're watching this massive storm just get closer and closer. The whole time we're worried about the weather today, the weather yesterday was the problem. And so, you know, that's, it tends to happen. But see, on the Sea of Galilee, it was cold. Well, it is this hum humid and, and hot and muggy. And so when a cold breeze or, or cold draft comes through, and then the, the vortex on the sides of the, of the, the valleys and the canals there, they, they produce big storms that can just roll up out of nowhere. And that's what happened to this boat. And so they're in the middle of this horrible storm. 
And so much so that the waves are beating against the boat and the water's just pouring over the sides. And they are petrified. And Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is taking a nap. In the middle of all this, I guess Jesus could literally sleep through a storm. Because he was. And so they come up to him and say, Jesus, don't you care that we're about to die? Now, honestly, when I read this, I usually see it as, Jesus, don't you care about us? But on second thought, I don't think that that's really what they're saying. I think they're including Jesus in that we, because he was on that boat every bit as much as they were. And what happens when you're on a boat and a storm rolls in? There's stuff you got to do, right? I mean, you got to take care of the sails and, and make sure that everything is locked down. And so to, to protect the boat and yourselves as much as possible. Jesus, don't you care that we're about to die here? Why are you asleep? And they are petrified. Jesus at once does one of the most miraculous things ever. He just wakes up. And I, I kind of picture this as Jesus rolls over and says, peace, be still. You know, he's still half asleep and just... I don't think it's this grand, glorious, peace, be still. I think, peace, be still. You know, can y'all please just, I'm napping. And all of a sudden, everything just stops. And there's a dead calm. And it's over. And then he says to the disciples, y'all still don't have faith? Got to be honest. I feel kind of bad for the disciples at that point because I can really see where they're coming from. I mean, I was asking the kids, they don't like storms. How many of you are afraid of storms? I mean, maybe not petrified, but there, I mean, that's one of those things that kind of carries over. You know, there are things that we as adults are still afraid of. If a snake rolls in here, you're finishing this story alone, this, this sermon by yourselves, I promise you. And I'm guessing the organist ain't going to stick around either. Um, uh, you know, there are things that we are still afraid of, right? And so, does that mean that we don't have faith? Is that what Jesus is saying here? Because, because they were afraid, does that mean they, they still don't have faith? Does that mean we don't have faith? Last year, during the pandemic, uh, the I think it was Lexington First Baptist had these signs that you could just take. And I'm sure you saw them. It said, faith over fear. Did you see those signs that people would have in their front yard? And what a, what a great slogan in the midst of all that. You know, and it really sends a message. But at the same time, part of me really liked it. And part of me, it was kind of bothered by it. Because I wondered, does that mean that we shouldn't care? going on that we should just sort of pretend like we don't need masks or we don't need to socially distance or we don't need to really worry about this pandemic or or COVID-19 because well I've got faith and everything's going to be just fine is that the message that we shouldn't care anymore that we shouldn't have this fear and so in the midst of all of that, I wonder, is it okay to be afraid? 
See, I don't think that's exactly what Jesus was telling his disciples. Because I think some of it had to do with where they were headed. The, the, the part that often gets dismissed and missed in this, in this text. Because you see, where they were was home. Where they were going was to Gentile land. They were going across the sea to places that Jews shouldn't go. You think they were afraid of the storm? No, no, no. They were really afraid of what they were going to find when they got to where they were going. Because they were going to a place that they weren't supposed to be received, that they weren't supposed to be welcomed, and quite honestly, they weren't supposed to go there. But that was Jesus' mission. And I know that they had to have been afraid. Sometimes, sisters and brothers, you and I are called to go places and to do things that make us uncomfortable, that frighten us, that make us wonder whether or not we can handle it. And I think that the message in the storm and in the arrival is exactly the same. Have faith in the midst of your fear. Because God is still here. No matter what we endure in life, no matter how afraid we might be, we can have faith. We can be confident that we are not alone. That we're not the ones that have to be in control all the time because God is in control. And ultimately, it's always going to be okay. Ultimately, God is always in charge. Ultimately, even when it comes to the wind and the rain and the storms of our lives, we have a God that's powerful enough to handle all of that. God is always in control. Therefore, let me urge you. In your, in your bulletin, that there's a, an insert, and it's about prayer this week. And, and as we begin to increase our prayer lives, let me encourage you in, in your times of fear and fret to pray. Pray not just for comfort. Pray for strength. For guidance. Because see, I don't think that God wants us to sit and be paralyzed by our fear. I think that's what faith gives us. Faith gives us the ability to move in the midst of our fear. It gives us the ability to respond to what's going on around us. It gives us the opportunity to share our gifts, to show God's love, and carry out the mission that we've been called to do. That's what the presence of Christ means. That's what the power of God does for each and every one of us. Because we're not alone. We don't have to be in control. We can use our gifts to respond, to carry out the mission and do what God's calling us to do. It's okay to be afraid. Because we can have faith in the midst of our fear. Because God is always here. Amen.